You're listening to a fourth hand production. Well, and you know what? I'm recording now, but I think uh, that's a f- how we start out with this is just, um, hey, how are we doing? This is when this episode, it's going to be released, da-da-da, because we're into... Yeah, we should make sure we mention that um, <laughs> we're not just barely taking this seriously. We yeah. recorded this three fucking weeks right, ago. Right, right, right. People are like, those fucking assholes all together still. I don't want that to be a thing. Yeah. So. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't you know, know planes man. that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. We're still alive. (laughs) We're still here, are we? Well, a resemblance of us in a shadowed world, I guess. The overlords need to reset the simulation. (laughs) Yes, please. Please, please, please. <laughs> oh, so I <laughs> hope everybody's okay. Um, I know we are on our side. And just, I guess, for clarification, we talked about this earlier, which I find it funny. We were actually talking about finding hand sanitizer, which fucking I'd never in my world thought that would be an exciting conversation. But <laughs> turns find out that it really is. Um, we are actually, just so you guys know, we're together in the studio probably one last time. Um, although we are, what, three weeks ahead, roughly? I think so. Yeah, after this drop. So this will drop in April each time frame. And, uh, you know, obviously that's a future. And with the times as they are and uncertain, we don't know what it's going to look like in April. Um, but, you know, this is probably the last time. So we spent time talking about, okay, take this equipment home. This is what we're going to use. This is how. So if from here on, you know, we have sound or it does sound a little bit different. Something Josh covered before for the Patreon that we talked about. You know, that might be there. You know, we'll still try to keep as professional, I guess, as we possibly yeah, can. Yeah, so for a point of reference, we're so. recording this about uh, five days after we put out our initial uh, holy fucking shit, wash your hands. Shit's hitting the fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where all the bars and restaurants in Salt Lake shut down. So uh, that's the time time lag for everyone. Um, yeah, I think what, March 23rd today? Something like that. Uh, it's the twenty first. Twenty first. I mean, yeah, the future time already. means nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after after one week of working from home, I don't ever even know what day it is. But this is what I was trying to explain to Tori about on tour. While you while you're on tour, you just like lose track of days. Yeah. You just like know where you're at and know where you're going to be tomorrow. But the days don't mean anything. Yeah. You might know yeah. what time it is, but because we're already like, is it? Is it Friday? What? Oh, dude. Is I, it, <laughs> what day is it? You know what the funny part of this whole thing is? Is the fucking memes that are coming from it. Some of them are really goddamn good. Like day one, working from home. All right, this is fucking awesome. Day three, I can't clean anything else. Day four, there's a fucking cat across the street, and he <laughs> looks fucking sinister. I wonder what the fuck is going through his mind. Yeah, that's that's this is where we're at, I folks. saw one that was like, uh, fucking, before, ah, there's a bug in the house. Kill it. Now, 
Hey, Kendra the Bug, welcome to our home. Would you like a glass of wine? <laughs> I hope that pigeon comes back that sat there yesterday on the same ledge. It's <laughs> fucking insane. Wow. Anyway, we just want to clarify that. So, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, we're going to keep rolling this as long as we can, and there's no reason we can't do it from our homes. Yeah. So, right? right? And if nothing else, uh, it'll give us bonus content on Patreon and some other things. So video and, you know, there's a there's a... What'd you call it today? So, you were making lemonade out of lemons. Making lemons, lemons out of lemonade. Out of lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're planning on using some type of video chat platform or another to be able to record this from the safety of our own castles. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a lot of feedback about wanting to see us recording. So fucking why I don't fucking know, but whatever. the Corona genie has granted your wish. <laughs> the Corona genie, <laughs> what, really, dude. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Uh, funny or sad. And or sad. Could and be a or terrifying. He yeah, granted right. my wish to get a couple weeks off, but I didn't really want it in this fashion. Yeah. Like, you know, saved up and prepared for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you are doing okay. We are yeah. talking. Like I saw you yesterday, John, and, you know, we're looking at growing a garden together, as gay yeah. as that sounds. Um, I think it's, it's still important. Fun. Yep. It's important. Nothing, you know? nothing wrong with butt sex gardens. Nope. Not at all. So In I fact, think, that you know, should be the name of the farm that we make out of this. Butt, butt sex, sex gardens. gardens. Yeah. I'll have to run that by Tori. All right. Well. Dude, can I put out a sign? Secret. <laughs> John, what the fuck is this sign outside? <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you. That's what the garden's called, honey. <laughs> I strangely, I don't think she would be <laughs> surprised or care. She would yeah. not be surprised. That's for sure. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, anyway, um, so welcome past all that, uh, and I guess so. So this is gonna be part two of um, Topi. Topi. Yeah, for those of you who have listened to part one, um, it very wow, I guess. I, I mean, I, I keep saying that, but the guy is just, for never hearing about this guy, it, it's pretty fucking crazy. His yeah. story is wild. He's pretty cool. I like him. I, I'm for him. Dude, there's, too. there's some problematic stuff, but sure. Uh, his overall philosophy, I'm like, all right. Well, yeah. When you're a crazy genius, I think there's always going to be some small overline stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Artists are weird people. They always have, they always have their quirks and yeah different things. Yeah, but yeah, all in all, it's it's been really interesting learning about him and learning about kind of what he did with his life. He was crazy. Um, and with that being said, unless you guys got anything else, any new updates or any uh, um, change you, your underwear today? Um, I took a you got dressed for the first time. In a couple I did days. get dressed, and a regular brought, bought me this shirt. Uh, yeah, and no one yeah. has commented on my shirt, so I, was I like, saw it before. Well, you, I love you that showed shirt. it to us when you got it. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yes, you did. Oh shit! <laughs> but I'm, I want to get a picture of it, and we'll put it on the there you uh, go. the face tube. Classy, very classy, sir. It's pretty ridiculous, but it just says I sucked the Mothman's dick in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, <laughs> and has a awesome picture of the Mothman. <laughs> I wonder how the Mothman feels about that. Obviously, little, he liked it. Dirty. Little little sad in the oh, corner. Oh, he liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, too, for Patreon members, we do... Thank you, Josh, by the way. You picked up the posters. Yeah. Um, we got that stuff coming out to you amidst of all this. Um, we have not forgot about you. Maybe we'll cheer you up a little bit. Yeah, so. if you haven't gotten your care package by the time you hear this, since it's let three weeks know. in advance, yeah. please let us know. Yeah, there's something that happened there. The male lady died or something. So they're signed and they're... Um, they're numeralized, I guess, right? Hand numbered. Hand numbered, one of whatever. We yeah. printed we printed fifty of them. 
Yeah, um, I just got to figure out how to send them safely now. I think yeah. I've got some round cardboard yeah, tubes. Yeah, you can roll them up into tubes. That's yeah. the best way to ship so. them. Uh, also, fucking huge shout out to our homies at Huge Brands uh, slash Spilt Inc. for getting oh, that done yeah. for us. Yes. That's awesome. They rule. And they're doing a lot for the community in Salt Lake right now yep. through all this. So. so if you need something printed or fucking embroidered or fucking they do, they, they everything, do everything right yep and they are a fucking huge pleasure to work with as people so if you're making any kind of merch in this time please yep. use them yep yeah agreed and i think it's cool you guys knew them from before but you know they cut us a good deal they still wanted to do a product for us and that's fucking awesome yeah. i mean local yeah they kind of they kind of bent over backwards to make our yeah. tiny little run yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, they, yeah they they really did and it was much appreciated mm -hmm. and we will be using them for all of our merch that we can afford to use them for yep yeah i do want to do a quick shout out I don't know if he's listening, but Chris from Faces and Aces, he's a guy that I'm in through the Vegas uh, community and the podcast community. And he had a story where he had bought two of the last wipes basically in a store in LA. And this gal that was coming in the grocery store, she says, oh, where'd you get them? He goes, oh, well, these are the two of the last ones. But he gave one to her and go, pass it on, do something else for somebody else. Uh -huh. And it's a little tiny shit like that that is fucking cool. Yeah, Goes a long way. we got to make up for the fucking toilet paper hoarders. But with that being said, let's uh, roll into Topi Part 2. Topi Part 2. Okay. We are not seeing all of us. We are not seeing all of us. We are not seeing all of us. I think we can see all around as the results of bad magic, power used for its own sake, potency castrated. Psychic Youth puts across its modern magical message with the aid of all sorts of marketing aids, from badges to leaflets to t-shirts. And they've released half a dozen albums by their own group, Psychic TV. They've even issued their own manifesto. Psychic TV take their mission to inform people about the evil in the world very seriously, even as far as playing tapes at their concerts of Charles Manson and Jim Jones in the throes of a massacre. All right, John. Yeah, did we want to do a little bit of a recap from what we covered? Just, just quickly. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I managed to put some more clips together on my side um, in regards to just, I guess, him with his own voice. We didn't do that in the first part one. Um, but these are some quick recaps of just his views on come <laughs> yeah. and other things that he had. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and play a couple of those. We can make comments on them. And yeah, and then, we'll, and then we'll get into part two. Yeah, awesome. What was a coom performance like? At the very beginning, they were more like street theater and theater of the absurd, very improvised, based around different mythical characters that we invented. And later on, we started to explore taboos, sexual taboos, behavioral taboos, even deeper, and got into what would now be called transgressive art, although at that time, there was no category for that. And as it got more intense and intimate, it became reduced to, in the end, just two characters, a male and a female character. Cozy and I would alternate and be both. And I always saw that as being androgynous, not two people. That they were one creature, separated, trying to find unity with its deeper self. So it, it developed over the years. Very interesting to hear him talk mm -hmm. about what his viewpoint was on this thing. Um, you know, we talk a little bit about the bands, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there is one other one that he basically talks, and, and we covered it briefly, but I want to add this one in here. We want to add this one in here because I, I felt it kind of hit as far as how he thought music affected people. And obviously he was a lot more than that, but this is just a good little rundown, so stand by on this one. We've had people who hallucinated. We've had people who had visions. We've had girls say they had spontaneous orgasms. We've had people become violent for no apparent reason and not understand why. Music is very powerful, and it doesn't have to be a recognizable form. The power in and of itself of any sound is enough. So we took that idea, okay, high frequencies alter consciousness. That's why we got piezo horns before they were common and put them right across the top. But we didn't have a formula or a specific destination. We were happy just to see what happened. I've been doing music all wrong because I don't think a girl's ever told me she's had a spontaneous orgasm. If she, if she did, you marry her on the spot, dude. Yeah, we need we need to go to a well back, back to the drawing board. Yeah, that's I mean, funny. that's funny. Well, anyway, with that being said, yeah, I mean, it's uh, he started with the music, obviously, but John, mm-hmm. you did the pitch in on writing this up, and we can kind of get into the second half yeah. of the life of this dude. I yeah. think so. Um, another thing Topi relied heavily on was symbolism and numerology. The number three really stood out to Genesis. Um, in a Christian world, we immediately think of the Holy Trinity. You know, when you say the number three, uh, Jesus, uh, the Father, Holy Son, Ghost. Holy yeah, Ghost. Father, Son, and the Holy or Ghost. Or I like to refer to it, the Godhead. <laughs> but uh, you can find number three has significant meaning in all times and places. Uh, this number has had preponderant and symbolic value. It can designate the spirit, the soul, and the body, the subject, the verb, and the object. For others, it represents existence itself, birth, growth, and death. So Psychic TV and Topi's symbol is similar to a Christian cross, but it has two horizontal lines running through it at the top and bottom, and then a smaller one in the middle, or like a shorter one. And basically, Genesis describes the reason for, and he says, constructing the cross He says, if we imagine that the median axis of this cross divides it into two symmetrical parts, and if we consider only the left part, we see that the figure three appears, a peculiarity that logically brings us to consider the right part with equal interest. The symmetrical equivalent of the figure three turns out to be the letter E. E as in energy is what comes to mind first of all. But the symbolism of the letters takes us back to the ancient gods, to the Greco-Roman mythologies. The E designates the goddess Vesta, Hestia in Greek, beginning with the letter Epsilon, corresponding to our E. She is fire by principal energy in its purest form. By extension, she is also the goddess of the home. And the letter E onto the vertical line designating the flame is attached the father for the highest line, the mother for the lowest, and the child for the median. Hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Um, Never even thought about that. Yeah. Like E3 energy. I mean, yeah, if you think about that. Oh, huh, interesting. Genesis has thought of it all, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's way out of the curve. Yeah. Uh, the number 23 also had significance in Topi. Uh, like we talked about when we addressed the sigil of three liquids, you, right. you had to do it on the 23rd of each month. You had to do it at 2300 hours, which is 11 p.m. Right. Um, and you had to do that 23 times in order to kind of be a full-fledged member of Topi. So that's like 
if I'm understanding that right, that's like once a month because it's yeah, on the 23rd just, yeah. of the month. So yeah. you've got to do that for two years, basically. Mm-hmm. That's yep. crazy. And I, I, I read somewhere that not a lot of people actually did all 23 sigils. Oh, I'm sure. But there oh, were yes. people that did, right, though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there some were de- high end. Yeah, there were definitely people that did all 23 of those sigils, which mm. is yeah, which is wild. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense, though, like like we talked about in the magic episode and the power of intention and stuff. Like, right. Uh, that's dedication. That's a high amount of intention. Yeah. It's, it's, like it's, you're it's, charging the fuck out of that sigil. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he adopted... He, Genesis, adopted the significance of the number 23 from his mentors, Brian Geeson and William S. Burroughs. And they say, it is not so much that the number 23 is a magical number that does tricks for the person who invokes it. It is more that the number 23 reminds us of the inherent plasticity of our inherited reality and our potential to immerse ourselves in that quality to our own advantage and possible well-being. It represents a magical vision of life rather than a linear and existential one. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, William S. Burroughs and Brian Geeson are pretty, pretty wild dudes too. The more I, the more I was looking at a Topi on the second part, I was kind of reading some more, some more of their things. I, I was going to say, you know, William S. Burroughs, I'm familiar with, and and he he was another one that absolutely thought out of the box mm-hmm. more than anybody in his time. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 I think Genesis, I called him Orage, but Genesis, he looked up to him. I mean, it took him a long time to kind of befriend him, mm-hmm. and then earn that. You know, we played in part one um, those that record that got put together with William S. Burroughs's voice recordings. Yeah, basically. and they and they used a method called the cut-up method that yeah. we'll get into in a little bit. But yep. William S. Burroughs kind of invented the cut-up method, mm-hmm. and Genesis kind of used that method for a lot of things that we'll get into. I'm just really sad that with the way Brian Giesen's last name is spelled and with all the, like, cum references and all of this, that his name isn't actually pronounced Jizen. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> well, and Brian, is, he spells his name B-R-I-O-N. Yeah, that, that yeah, that really irritates me. Brilliant. I hate people who do that. Tiffany with an E. Shut up. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. that's just that's just not how you spell Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's how Utah mothers would spell Brian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, with the symbol for Psychic TV and Topi finally created, uh, they also called that cross the Psychic Cross. Uh, people in England started to see it spray painted all over their towns. Uh, it left some people very confused, some angry, and even some were just a little unsettled by the symbol. Here is a few uh, examples of the media explosions that kind of happened once they saw the psychic cross and some other symbols from Topi pop up. Barclays Bank in Didsbury was daubed with slogans in an unexplained attack last week. As well as an anarchy symbol, there were three examples of another symbol which baffled staff. A vertical line which with three horizontal lines through it. They have no idea of its meaning, do you? Black magic symbols and graffiti have been daubed on the walls at Wassell's Parish Church, and officials say the artistic vandals are costing the council thousands of pounds in repairs. A spokesman told the observer that the symbols looked like the Greek Ioka sign with a cross through it, although some thought it could be a black magic symbol. And lastly, 
uh, a sign of the times? Question mark. You may not know what this symbol means, but if you've been walking around Exeter recently, you can't have helped notice it. Sprayed in black paint with a stencil, this little symbol has mysteriously cropped up all over town, leaving passersby pondering just what does it mean? The symbol of the Russian Orthodox Church has been put forward as one possibility, and the cross of St. Catherine is another. Indeed, if one looks up religious symbols, there are many similar to this one, although we have as yet to find the exact one. But why has it gone up all over the place? Whoever did it doesn't seem to have discriminated between old and new buildings. For example, it appears on the Royal Albert Memorial Museum in Queen Street, and on the other side of the road from the museum, it appears all over the hoardings outside a building site. One thing's for certain, whoever did it has got people guessing. But does anyone know what it means? If so, we would love to hear from you. I like how they add that. We would love to hear from you if you know the asshole that's doing all this. <laughs> very <stuff>. British. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, so that's just kind of on their reports and what they're doing. We're going to take a quick break and then come back to more of kind of the beginning, I guess, of, uh, of them spreading their word. Yeah. Right? All right. Stand by. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes. Well, I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you, did you just make a Will I Am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. I'll allow it. Anyway, we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? Alright, wh- what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? Oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. So with Topi underway after the release of Psychic TV's first record, Force the Hand of Chance, they began to improvise on how to run the organization. In the beginning, all sigils and letters were sent to a house on 50 Beck Road in Hackney, London, Along with that house, Topi occupied a few others that devout members of Topi stayed at. And um, they also had some houses where visitors would stay um, during like peak tourist times and stuff. And then they had other residents where it was strictly like Topi members. Who was paying for all this? Was this just them as a community or uh, does it say? My guess is either people were buying the records and that's where the money was coming from or it was they were squatting mm. it was it was a lot yeah. of squatting i say sure. too yeah that's yeah. what i was gonna say they, they actually had a lot of like squat houses and yeah stuff like, that. like uh what time was this again uh, 80s? early 80s okay. yeah yep. 81 82 ish right yeah that was a frame yeah yeah that that would make sense i think there was a lot of that going on in mm-hmm. london around then yeah so all the inhabitants of the home rocked what they deemed to be the topi hairstyle um, and it was basically an extreme mullet is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you just no summing you it all like up, this guy. <laughs> uh, it was shaved on top and in the back, it was a full blown party. 
It, he is was kind of a funny looking guy back in the day with the interviews I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it really. He's yeah. kind of a funny looking guy throughout <laughs> ever every phase of what His he life. does. Yeah, yes. he is a very interesting looking uh, person. Crazy, and yeah, he's also had a million surgeries that we'll get into. But Oof. yeah, as their membership increased, they started to make ID cards for the real ride or die homies. That's uh, yeah, not a bad policy. No. Their ID card stated their intent, the frequency of truth. This card identifies the bearer as an active individual in the Temple of Psychic Youth. Topi is dedicated towards the establishment of a functional system of magic and a modern pagan philosophy without recourse to mystification, gods or demons, but recognizing the implicit powers of the human brain, neuromancy, linked with guiltless sexuality focused through will structures, sigils. Topi proposed that magic empowers the individual to embrace and realize their dreams and to maximize their natural potential. Topi is for those with the courage to touch themselves. It integrates all level of thought in the first steps towards a final negation of any system of unforced control and fear. Our aim is wakefulness. Our enemy is dreamless sleep. Wow, I didn't know I was a Topi member. I touch myself all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So sounds like the ID cards were to identify participants versus fanboys, right? Right. Yeah. Separate the two. Yeah. Yep. And just a little side note, anytime I say of when I'm reading something of Topi, it's always it's, it's always O V and Jizz, baby. It's, it's only Jizz, baby. <laughs> so and My eye. Um, like we've stated before, Topi wanted to avoid hierarchies, even implied hierarchies. Uh, Genesis never said he was the leader of it. He was very against anybody being above anybody else, including himself. So they created a simple system to try and avoid this. All females were called Kali, unless someone asked to be other than their biological gender, in which case their request was honored. So they had a few male Kalis, and all males were called Eden. Then they were assigned a number simply according to when. Yes. Uh, finish that, and then I'll ask my question. Sorry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, then they were assigned a number simply according to when their first letter was received. Remember the sigil of three liquids. So when the when they sent whenever they received that sigil, then that's when their first letter was received. And they didn't assign either one or two to anyone because that might imply someone was better than another simply because they were in Topi longer. So it started at like three or something? Yeah, I guess it started at three. Okay, so my question is, uh, for the women who they called Kali, was it like the Indian goddess of destruction and rebirth, like K-H-A-L-I? Or or the dog. It's K-A-L-I. Okay. I think that's probably where they were going with that. Then. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't... They may have stated it, but I haven't read anything to where they explained exactly what... Yeah, like, like where why. they got that from. Like, yeah. um, it could be in the Psychic Bible, but I may have skimmed over that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, there's it's a pretty fucking it's, thick it's a book, dense book. <laughs> it is very, very dense, and there's a uh, lot of information in there, so... I did the best that I could. <laughs> uh, I'm taking your milk away. Yeah. 
And because of the importance of the number 23, like we stated before, that number was assigned to 23 of the members. They started to notice that some of the Topi meetings that members felt superior if their number was lower. So to combat that, Topi just jumbled up the numbers and reassigned Jesus them Christ, to individuals. Like as an answer like to a everything. random number generator, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. like, oh, I have number three. I'm better than you. So he's like, well, fuck it. You don't have If, if you're going to think anymore. like that, you know what? Yeah. now you're number yeah. 73. Now you don't, bitch. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and another thing Topi did not do was call people in the organization members. Uh, they were either connected or disconnected. Okay. So yeah, individuals, individuals could become disconnected voluntarily or obviously involuntarily. Right. Like excommunicated. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Uh, but people were rarely disconnected. However, there were, were a few cases of people reading private sigils of their deepest sexual fantasies and they were using them to try and seduce the person. So obviously that's mm. very unethical. Yeah, okay. Right. So like, yeah. you know, these the sigil of three liquids, they would like, look, and that's your deepest sexual fantasy. Sure. And they're like, okay, now I know what that person's wants. So I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to in in use that to manipulate yeah. this person because I already know what they're all about or whatever. There's always one. There's always one, mm-hmm. you know, it never fails. There is. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you get a bunch of people, it's always some bad apples. Yeah. But you know, on the side of that too, the ideas, like just as something as simple as the 23 members and he reassigned them. Holy shit. He's like, Oh no, this is a problem. I'm going to fix it. No, this is a problem. I'm going to like, mm-hmm. he just always was, it seemed like a step ahead of the game yeah. on how things were set up. And that it's, you know, kudos almost, to him. Almost you know? sounds like he's trying to keep a band together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, so Topi viewed that as an extreme breach of trust and the individuals were hastily disconnected. Good on him. Yeah. The only other thing you could do to really get disconnected is if you like robbed somebody for, for like in the community, like right. if, if you stole from anybody in the community or anything like that, that's like an instant, you know, yeah. Peace. Or, and also like intellectual theft as well. It sounds pretty anarch, anarchistic. It is like, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it's it's very anarchaic. No, that's not right. It's a lot like anarchy, bro. Yeah, Anar- they're anarchist, a- anarchistic. Adjacent. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah. So as Topi grew, they were starting to outgrow the Hackney houses um, that they had been occupying, squatting. Yep. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> quote unquote, occupying. I, I can't know. see any other way. There's I mean, somebody that's going to write a check to fuck the landlords. Know. So yeah, whatever. Sure. Right. Yeah. Unless I become a landlord, then don't fuck me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, that was motivation enough to recruit volunteers to spread their ideas and beliefs and to set up other houses that they referred to as access points. These access points were exactly that. You could go to any access point to pick up any literature or information that had to do with Topi, as well as finding out like any events that were taking place, such as shows or gatherings. Um, oh, wow. It's kind of like those little uh, mailboxes in the neighborhoods where you can swap books to read. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. The little like. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to make called. it seem happy and community driven, which it is really in a way. Oh, they're, I mean, they're, they are heavily focused on their community. Yeah. Uh, and they actually did a lot to involve the outside community too. They would down in Brighton, they would set up um, kind of like a, a farmer's market, if you will, just kind of like a market hmm. where they would give away any excess they had. 
to people. Which is cool as fuck. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. So, like, they would just give people shit for free, and a lot of people were weirded out. Yeah, because... Like, they're like, wait, I can just have this? Why don't you want it? Like, what? And he's yeah, like, what's wrong well, with it? It's like, we don't need it. We have this certain amount. Yeah. It's kind of like... Yeah. It's kind of like you only need, like, 10, 15 rolls of toilet paper. You don't need... Oh, is it like that, John? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need... Fucking people. 400 rolls of toilet paper. Oh, man. There's so, a special place in hell for the people that fucking did that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, anyway. can, I could see that weirding people out, though, especially in the 80s, because that is, like fucking almost i could see people being like either what the fuck is wrong with this shit that you're just giving away mm. or looking at that and being like that's fucking communism well people yeah. are like that in general but, for the most part like that yeah. they're automatically their mindset if is you like, don't want well, this wait, then what why the should i right yeah exactly. but the, and they they were trying to give it to the the more needy the more yeah. people stricken with pro- poverty so some people were weirded out but i mean it it went well that like a lot of people took advantage of that like, that's awesome like cool yeah i'll take that pair mm. of pants or i'll you know, take that piece of food or what, whatever I'll it take may be. that pair of pants that's standing up on its own. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll take that used <laughs> tissue box. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Topi was different from other cults in that they didn't require financial contributions from any of the individuals involved in the community. Uh, the only thing they did charge for was the gray book, which I read mm. um, quite a bit in the first uh, yeah. episode yeah. of this from. Yeah. And that cost, uh, does anybody want to guess how much that cost? Six dollars. <laughs> You're an asshole. So. False. Uh, well, I don't know what the equivalency to twenty three pounds is. Well, it's twenty three pounds. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna You're do. You're not gonna equate the. the yeah, I'm not gonna American do American cost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> current, which is pretty cheap, really. Current? No, it's not. At well, back in the eighties, uh, I think it was what like 10, 15 bucks, seventeen no, bucks. No, twenty three pounds is that was a lot for as long money. as I can remember. The pound has been at least about double the dollar. Yeah. Or pretty close to it, at least seventy five cents. We'll continue. Let's look yeah, up. That. Well, so they charged twenty three pounds for the Gray Book. Uh, they made their money putting on raves and shows, lectures, movie nights, uh, and donations. If somebody actually felt like donating, they would accept them. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people were in a financial position to be donating, but no. You know, but they but they did get they did get uh, donations. Uh, they raised enough money to cover publications and postage they needed to ship their merchandise worldwide. So, I mean, they they were self-sufficient. They, they were able to support what they needed to do. That's and, fucking pretty dope. Yeah, it's awesome. So eventually, as the group gained popularity, they ended up setting up access points all across the world. So soon there were access points in Scotland, Italy, Germany, Sweden, Australia, Canada, the United States, and even in the ne- Netherlands. Access points would usually get set up by a motivated individual that would visit the main Hackney house, which was dubbed Topi Station for Britain, and inquire as to, like, hey, why isn't there a Topi Station in Bleh. Yeah, and they were like, because you haven't set one up exactly. yet. Exactly. So they're like, well, you lazy you, fuck. Yeah, they're like, why don't you be the one that set it up? <laughs> why don't you do this? <laughs> What'd you find, Shane? I found, so yeah, you guys actually are right. So 1980, roughly, um, December, November, like 2.3 equivalent. So you're looking at like 52 bucks for the yeah. book. So uh, yeah, my bag. I mean, I was like, meh. I can't think that, that but... well, that's, I just looked it up, but okay. Um, that's so expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's pricey. And it's not a thick book. I mean, the yeah, right? the, the gray book is actually pretty short. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't. I can't, Interesting. I can't remember how many pages, but I think it's ten to twenty, something like that. Well, like I guess you know if you're willing to pay that price, though, that is like you really you want to know you, more. You're yeah, highly exactly. motivated. Yeah, it's also a good that. way to weed so. out people who aren't highly mm-hmm. motivated. Yeah. Exactly, and you know you're donating to a good cause, or your that your money's going to something that you're about. So, you know, hmm. crazy. Fifty bucks isn't outrageous. No, it's, no, I mean, not really. It's pricey. Well, but. I don't know. I grew up in the 80s. I remember 50 bucks being a fuck ton. Yeah, I mean, then. that was definitely a lot, but a lot more back then than it is now. But, you know, um, so one of these individuals, these motivated individuals that were encouraged to set up access points, there was a dude named Coyote 3, uh, otherwise known as Tom Howell. And he was responsible for setting up access points all over America. And he followed Psychic TV around on their first tour, what they called Detour. He's always he's got, he's got clever names for Jesus literally everything. Yeah, like and wild. I would love to just sit in the stage uh, brain for I've, a minute. I would probably get super annoyed because artists, man. Yeah, like, I know. It's cool. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Fucking pretentious piece of shit. Yeah, totally. Um Coyote Three, he did lights for him and he sold merch for the band and he did this he did this all on a voluntary basis and he never took any money from the band. And while they were on the first detour, that's the last time I'm going to say that. If I ever talk about tour again, I'm just going to say tour. I was going to say. Okay. No, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't, I'm just saying. It, no, no, it annoys me. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I was I'm, like, I'm not that bothered by it. No, I'm going to only say that one more time because it annoys me. So in order to not annoy myself, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So while on that first tour, Coyote 3 and Psychic TV became fast friends, and they spent hours between long drives having intense conversations about the Topi philosophy and of magic. And I've toured a ton, and I I totally get how you really get connected to the people that you tour with because yeah. you're with them 24-7. You, yeah. You're traveling every day for long periods of time, and you either – create these special bonds with people or you, you can't fucking stand fucking it. hate them <laughs> <laughs> like there's no it's a 50 50 yeah like, you like, tell someone to hit the gas while they're in the fucking shitter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um by psychic tv's next trip to the usa coyote three had set up access points all across the country so the band always had food and places to sleep and no shortage of lovers of well, course. Sure. while they were here uh this dude even managed to find a 1966 yellow school bus that was paid for by Genesis, but was gutted and fixed by Coyote 3 and other volunteers. Uh, and then Coyote 3 would actually drive the band around in said bus. And this helped hmm. spread of Toby's ideas and philosophies. And eventually, at the height of the cult, they boasted to have more than 10,000 individuals worldwide. That's crazy. And I don't know why. I think I forgot to put the name of the bus. And oh, did it have a oh, name? There, really? There was a oh. name. There was a name for the bus, and I'm failing all of you listeners because I didn't realize I didn't put it in there. Someone's gonna fucking yell at us. On oh my something. god! <laughs> you can yell at us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Feel <laughs> yeah. free, or find us on Instagram. <laughs> and Facebook at Strange Uncles Podcast, or Twitter at Strange Uncles, and let John know. What the fuck he's what done a wrong? Specifically, John. Yeah, yeah. You I'm so sorry. As I'm as I'm going through this, I'm like, oh man, I didn't name, I didn't have the title. 
So sorry about that, but it's going to take me way too long to find it, and we're just going to move on. But listeners Moving out there, on. they named the bus. It was pretty sweet, and I can't remember it because I've had to read so much fucking shit. So, a lot of studying on this one, dude. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Which I'm not complaining. But, um, yeah, so they they did claim that they had about 10,000 individuals worldwide at kind of the height of Topi itself. So after that, Genesis decided to move from London to Brighton on the south coast of England. And I've been to Brighton, and it's pretty. it's a pretty cool spot. Yeah, like isn't it, it kind of like a resort town? Yeah, it's like just beachy, as yeah. beachy as you can get for England. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Hackney House remained becoming a transit hub for Topi rather than an access point. And soon there were five houses in Brighton occupied by only Topi individuals. This new hub became the new Topi station. And each Topi house had a nursery, quote unquote, that is to say a room used only for private individual sigilizing we all kind of know what that means. Uh, jerking it or fucking? Uh, or you, both? Uh, a little bit of both? A, l- a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you if you took a black light in that room, it would be... Wait, is that weird? Most places have that, right? Like I have that, <laughs> that at my house? What? Building should be condemned. <laughs> so yeah. You slide 10 feet yeah. before you hit the fucking door. So uh, yeah, they use it for private individual sigilizing and or communal ritual sigilizing so they basically got butt naked and jacked off in there or had huge orgies whoa whoa cool. sir that's a family podcast <laughs> <laughs> jesus which uh oh uh, that reminds me if anyone from my family is listening turn this shit off right now <laughs> yeah you should have turned it off an hour ago <laughs> anyway my family's a bunch of sinners keep listening fam <laughs> uh, uh so the basic rule though it, it what happened in the nursery stayed in the nursery. Of course. Kind of like Vegas. So I think some pretty wild shit definitely happened in there. And no jealousy, no ridicule, no criticism was to exit those rooms. Oh, to be a mouse so, in the corner, dude. I, oh. You know, I think people, I can only imagine some crazy shit that went on in there. So, and so that wasn't allowed to exit the rooms. Like whatever you did in there stayed in there. And I think it went, I think it got pretty damn extreme in those rooms. But according to Genesis, nothing ever did spill out of those rooms. Uh, but I don't think that's correct. As far as like people talking or like liquids. Uh, I, I, ooh, I dude. Think, I think just like the jealousy and I'm ridicule. Just, I'm Jesus just picturing guy. that scene in, with the elevators and the fucking shining. But, the, oh, <laughs> but it ain't just blood. Spills out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not blood. It's not blood. <laughs> it's not blood. <laughs> Yeah, because it's white. Yeah, it's cum. Yeah, jizz. Do we want? Um, and John, this is your call. Do you? I've got a quick little thing from Genesis talking about um, a ritual example. Yeah, let's do is it. That, do we yeah. want to run into something this like is that? A, real quick? That's a perfect time for this. Actually, all right, too. check this out, folks. In that ritual, people would write down something that they truly desired and wanted. It could be very simple. It could be to pay the rent. It could be, and often was, to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. That was very common. But for some people, it was more abstract. And sometimes it was written down in such a way we didn't even know what it said. And of course, it didn't really matter what it said. What mattered more than anything else was that people analyzed themselves and actually started 
a mental process of choosing a desired, a willed place to get to in their life. They learn how to strip away all the artifice and all the more cosmetic needs of life. He makes so much sense. I mean, really, if you think about it. He absolutely like, does. Yeah. Damn. That's why he's a cult leader. <laughs> Charismatic and smart. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I think we're going to take a little break right here before we get into the next part of the sode. That's short for episode. Fucking A. Oh, nice. Are you shortening everything now? Just shortening everything. Okay. So we're going to take another ad in the mid of the. How's that? Good? <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Stand by. <laughs> the wheels have fallen off. What up? Fart knockers. Aries. Stop insulting people. These are potential listeners. Yeah, I'm so sure. Happy horror coffee break, old time horror radio show. We take the best and worst <laughs> creepy pasta stories online, and our finest of quality reenactors perform them for you in the style of old timey horror radio dramas. Everyone knows it's just you disguising your voice poorly. No, it's not. Besides, we have an abundance of great guests. There's music and t-shirts. And a bunch of dick and fart jokes. You're not wrong. <laughs> Catch us on all the major podcasts, thingamawoppers. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and the rest. Idiot. Tune in every other Friday. There's a new episode. Or just stick your head in an oven. Same difference. Aries. <laughs> we need to have a little chat. <laughs> Toodles. All right, so William S. Burroughs and Brian Geeson, as stated before, were very important mentors into the beliefs and teachings of Genesis and Topi. Burrow and Geeson practiced a technique called the cut-up method, which we briefly mentioned before. Um, essentially what that is is you take literature, tape, recordings, film, or just collages, and you cut them all up and put them back together in a different order, and supposedly that can give you kind of like a better insight into the world. Um, uh, with a cut up and this is a quote with a cut up, you can break down the expected inherited values and assumptions and retrain yourself to look at revealing possibilities, describing reality more accurately than any linear system. And, and I know William S. Burroughs did that a lot. Like yeah, he, he literally had, we covered it again, but he had, I, I don't think we said this, but he had 72 hours. Of yeah. like tape, and they he even had more than that when they raided Genesis' house. That we'll also get into Crazy. that no one had ever heard. But uh, he says our languages are linear. Life is not. At any given moment, we are receiving input to the extraceptors, both in obvious ways and less obvious ways. I.e., sound enters your body through all its surfaces via vibration and frequency, not just via the ears. And that's what he was talking about when he first made the bands. It was mm -hmm. something where the frequency and the music, the type of instruments they used, everything else was part of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think he he wanted to be like the loudest band anybody had ever heard or something like that too. Mm, I think I read that, yeah. Which is cute. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> compared when you've got to bands now. like Motorhead I mean, out now, there, you know, but like you know, whatever. even like then, said, like Motorhead cute. was so fucking loud. Yeah, oh, Jesus. and also I guess I've never seen like Throbbing Gristle or Psychic TV, so I can't really comment on how actually loud they yeah, were. Yeah, maybe but... they did have like fucking twenty SVTs and yeah, all lined up. Well, I've kind of seen some videos from them, and they're. Not the lightest, <laughs> but anyway, we'll we'll, we'll that's either ne- here, that's, that's neither here nor there. You know, we'll we'll just continue. Uh, Genesis was heavily involved with body modification movement, known as modern primitives. He saw the body as just kind of a primitive vessel. He didn't he didn't think our bodies were sacred things. You know, like he thinks you know you should take care of them, whatever. But like. He basically just saw it as an animated lump of flesh. Sure. And he also didn't believe that he was just a man or just a woman either. And that is where he personally experimented with the cut-up method along with his wife, Lady J. Yeah, and we got a quick clip of Lady J. This was hard to find because um, she's not really... I mean, everybody hears about her, but it was really hard to find a clip on her talking and him explaining how he met her. So we're going to kind of go into that. Stand by, guys. We'd been awake for three days. There were no more whites in my eyes. They were bright red. And we just finally went into the dungeon itself and lay on the floor and pulled a sheet over me and went fast asleep amongst all these sort of weird gadgets for pulling people into the air and tying them up and so on. And then I heard a noise and somehow woke up, sat up straight, looked at the doorway, and this girl walked by. She had a beautiful Brian Jones blonde bob and all these 60s clothes. And she was walking backwards and forwards with a cigarette in her hand. And as she started to carry on walking back and forth, she gradually began to throw off those clothes and change into a really amazing, sexy leather fetish outfit. My goodness, who's that? She's so beautiful. And we found ourselves saying something out loud. Dear universe, if we can be with that person for the rest of my life, that's all I want and that's enough. And that turned out to be Lady J. You know what's funny about that is his usage of, and we found ourselves, you know what Uh I mean? Like that's yeah. how he that was his terminology. Yeah, on uh, just crazy because right, that uh, uh, comes from what I think we're about to go into, right? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I thought you had a little more to add to that, but uh, oh no, no, that's just. I it. mean, I could go into like love at first sight and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But do we really want to? Yeah, you know, we all get it. But yeah, just as Burroughs and Geeson collaborated together, uh, subsuming their separate works, individuality and ego to a collaborative process by cutting up the word to produce a third mind is what they called it. When Geeson and Burroughs would take their work, cut it all up, kind of put it back together, they were creating a third mind. So in our current practice, Genesis have applied the cut-up system and third mind concept directly to a central concern, the fictional self, the the unauthorized A story of our lives so far. Genesis both supply our separate bodies, individuality, and ego to an ongoing and substantially irreversible process of cutting up identity to produce a third being in quote-unquote other entity that we call the pan- pandrogyne. Pandrogene. 
Lady J and Genesis went through various modern medical procedures to look as close to each other as possible. Which is fucking weird. <sighs> it's yeah, so weird. it is fucking weird. But honestly, you know, they had their heart into it. Like it was like, you talk about love at first sight. Yeah, I, I think it was more than that. I mean, it was. I'm not trying to yuck know. their yum. No. Like, Jesus. You do you. <laughs> right. But fuck, I don't want to look in the mirror and see myself. <laughs> Every day with tits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really strange for sure. And I've seen pictures of them both. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, wait, is that Lady J or is that Genesis? It's well, it, he he's a he's a strange he's, person. He's definitely all in on his philosophy. Oh, one hundred percent. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, and, and another thing too is he was. Um, so when he met Lady J, he was 43, I think, and she was like 26. Huh. And so everybody kept thinking, well, wait a minute, this is just, you know, but at, at, at as dumb as it sounds, his age, and then getting these surgeries, he did not look 43 when they started going through the process, going through the methodation. I mean, it really was, it's crazy. Like, it was a point where you couldn't tell the two apart. Well, almost. I mean, if you're getting, if you're going to have your face ripped apart and rearranged, you might as well fucking go for it. Well, not only that, but they both got exactly the same size breast implants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Honestly, to Honestly, like you that, see yeah. them and sometimes I'm like, wait, is that Lady J or is that Origin? Right. I'm not sure. Right. But yeah, and their quest to create the Pandragene Genesis says, we are required over and over again by our process of literally cutting up our bodies to create a third, conceptually more precise body to let go of a lifetime's attachment to the physical logo that we visualize automatically as I in our internal dialogue with the self. Uh, he goes on to say that when you consider transsexuality, cross-dressing, cosmetic surgery, piercing and tattooing, they are all calculated impulses, a symptomatic groping towards the next phase. Uh, one of the great things about human beings is that they impulsively and intuitively express what is inevitably next in the evolution of culture and our species. It is the other that we are destined to become. Pandrogyny is not about defining differences, but about creating similarities, not about separation, but a unification and resolution. That almost sounds like he's talking about the singularity too, like about similar. Yeah. Where right. human becomes merged with machine and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you guys probably haven't watched altered carbon, but I just watched the second season. I'm rewatching the first one. I saw the first one and it, it reminds me too of like, especially in the first season where people would get uh, reloaded into sleeves, quote unquote, which is what they would call the flesh bodies. Yeah. And sometimes like if you were poor, you couldn't get, you just got thrown in whatever body was available and it was not necessarily same gender, same, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of this too is just him thinking out of the box on, you know, we're more than flesh. I mean, the mind exists and continues to exist after the words you know not that you're gonna beat up your body but at the same time it, it's it's a vessel you're gonna beat it up you, you know you can do a lot of drugs you're gonna fucking cut and it i think up you probably make did it look however you yeah want so it. um do you is it okay do you want to play their version of so we have some clips on um genesis talking about the third and then lady j as well yeah please like directly let's do okay them, yeah. so let's let's hear those 
sexuality was bigger than just being male. That was a part of the reason why she was so drawn to me. We were constantly, absolutely integrated through love. We were really two halves of one whole. And so we started to dress like each other. Then we started getting our hair cut the same. And we started to become mirror images. And as you become those mirror images, it helps you to maintain a sense of surrender to each other. But it wasn't enough still. Going back to Burroughs and Brian Geisen and some of their work, we thought if they do cut-ups with literature and even with images and even with tape recorders, then what if we cut up our bodies and our identities so that we become a third being, not just a third mind? I think that third being point. Yeah. You know? That's what's crazy. Yeah, like like really, really grasping onto the whole like two halves of one mm-hmm. thing. Right. Well, and then um, there's one more that this is from Lady J's uh, viewpoint. And to be honest with you, it was really hard, again, to find clips on Lady J just because I, I don't think she's very vocal. Um, but this is kind of what you read earlier about what this means. This is, this is her standpoint. Both of the artists that represent Briar Piarge are prepared to express their dissatisfaction with this fatalistic and redundant view of the physical body and to go farther and embrace all the surgical, chemical, and psychological advances that will enable them to create the new pandrogyne. The pandrogyne is a positive androgyne, more hermaphroditic than any gender. The pandrogyne is our third entity, but not the third gender. Well, I've been saying pandrogene wrong. Pandrogene. <laughs> and I've been selling, saying it's, Keeson wrong. It's Geisen. It's very hard to know how to pronounce why. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I guess it can go either way. That's interesting. I mean, we keep saying it, but they're definitely interesting people that are all in on what they believe. Their, their belief system. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. Crazy. Which, um, I mean, you know, they were pretty much all accepting of all, you know. Yeah. Gay, straight, bi, transsexual. No matter who yeah, you like are. Yeah, like they were making a very hermaphrodite. Like yeah, like making sure to point out, like this is the third entity, not the third gender. Uh huh. Like yeah, yeah. But there are those out there that don't see Genesis as just an eccentric artist and free thinker. Uh, that was made abundantly clear towards the end of Topi and during the Satanic Panic that took place in the eighties and uh, early nineties. Yes. I figured this was coming. I the mean, old okay. satanic panic. The old satanic yeah. panic. So on February 15th, 1992, while Genesis and his family were in Tibet doing volunteer work for the needy, they, yeah, they were like working in soup kitchens and doing like clothes yeah. drives and all this Jesus. stuff. Uh, his, his house was raided. Uh, 23 members, which is, so strange that it happened to be 23. Of course, I was gonna say, the, is that where it was? Yeah, but and I literally am not making this up. That's what the uh, where I got this from. Christ. It said 23 members of the obscene publication squad in Scotland Yard, armed with a search warrant and a video camera, raided Genesis's home. So they either did that on purpose to like make a point, sure, right, or or it was just weird, or that's just weird like a coincidence, crazy coincidence. And, like, I mean, this is what happens when you like fucking dive into the metaphysical. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I, sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. We talk. We talk about this, but yes, it's it's weird synchronicities and how yeah. that works. Yeah, just weird. Whoever wrote it either just put twenty three for no reason, 
Or that's just the craziest coincidence. Right. Or there, they, which right. is super cool. Yeah. Or the Scotland Yard or whatever sent 23 people on purpose to send a message or something. Just randomly were like, well, Bob called in sick. I guess it's 23 instead of 24. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Genesis and Topi were facing some pretty awful and disgusting accusations. Uh, the ac- accusations included chaining women in the basement of the house in Brighton, impregnating the women, and boarding the fetuses, and then forcing them to eat the remains. Oh, Jesus. And, yeah, Woo! pretty gnarly. Pretty yeah. gnarly. But uh, they, they, he goes on, like, this is ironic for two reasons. The first being that the same story has been regularly used since the 4th century to smash pagan groups. And yeah. since... Epiphanius of Solomus accused the Borberite Gnostic. Sorry, those are all four words. I'm not very. <laughs> I <laughs> you think you did a pretty good, good job. Yeah, I thought that was um, good. But uh, the Borberite Gnostic sect of the same crime, and the second, the Brighton House didn't even have a basement. <laughs> oh no, shit! How about we just take all that other big word stuff out and just say that it there yeah. wasn't even a basement. Yeah, there wasn't people. even a basement in yeah. the house. So, fuck. I mean, yeah. But during the raids, the authorities confiscated a Trevor Trove of arts, including unpublished films by a Trevor Trove, a treasure trove, <laughs> a treasure trove of arts. Is that right? You're looking at me like that's not. Did a- you not say Trevor Trove? Did I say Trevor Trove? That's you what it said. I flagged it. To me. That's fine. Oh, I might have said Trevor. You can trove. start over during the raid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> By the way, now that this is flagged, I almost on the last episode put in there that uh, institutions. You said intuitions. No, I I said institutions this time. I swear <laughs> to God, I did. No, you I almost use that for an intro, but I was like, oh, I don't want to fuck up. You no, that needs to be used somewhere. <laughs> you could have. I wouldn't mind anyway. Um, but during the raid, the authorities confiscated a treasure trove of arts, including unpublished films by writer William S. Burroughs, experimental films by artist Brian Geisen, films by British director Derek Jarman which had never been shown videos of the Genesis kids birthday parties every single photographic negative that was in the house Jesus and Christ. that and pneumatic film tapes containing studio master recordings for the next psychic TV album as well damn so I mean they that just suck they just clean them yeah out. they made yeah. up a bunch of shit to, oh fuck yeah I mean it's Europe so fourth amendment doesn't really count but yeah um, and later in that same month channel four your uh, England's Channel Four did a story as part of their documentary series called Dispatches, and they showed expert excerpts from a video of the quote unquote the first hard evidence of satanic child abuse, and the video shows the abuse of young adults in what is clearly a ritual context. Sex and blood rituals are taking place beneath a picture of Aleister Crowley. The trappings of black magic are obvious. And these claims were backed by testimony of a supposed cult survivor and by the accounts of medical and police excerpts. And Channel 4 senior commissioning editor for News and Current Affairs, David Lloyd, was also quoted, I do not think a single television program will clinch the whole question of satanic ritual abuse, but after watching this program, it becomes increasingly difficult for anyone to judge it does not exist. And Uh, after... After what? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So after all this confession of the key witness was later discovered to be a complete fabrication. Okay. That's so, <laughs> so all of that shit that Channel Four like Yeah, that was like supposedly like 
kids yeah. getting molested and shit like yeah, that. So yeah. So the first the first hard evidence of satanic child sex abuse that was reported actually ended up being from nine years earlier, and it was a performance art piece by Derek Jarman, and so it was. Oh, they just fucking puzzled this together it's in like, their own little way. He he made this he made this oh, performance it. art piece that was not Fuck. it's not real. It's a movie. You know, like when people are like it's not real, it's a movie. That's but that's yeah. what they that's what they were showing and they're like, oh, look at all lovely. of this, you know. But and, they found it in the archives of a yeah, quote unquote crazy. cult. Yeah, and, and and you know, Genesis didn't even make this, first of all. And it was something from nine years prior. And yeah, they're weird people. They make weird shit, but like it wasn't showing anything. So, you know, fucking. So Jarman said, at first I was horrified and then very, very angry that they had so misrepresented scenes from the video. I did not see the video, but what dispatches showed from it did not in any way show what they claimed it represented. Um, and I mean, editing is a fucking yeah. wonderful Isn't it something thing. Else? And, you know? you know, you're looking at early 90s when it was getting good. I mean, yeah. you know, you could really do a good job well, on doing that. And he was like, it was not all about child abuse or murder. It seemed too much when you had a lady on the telly blacked out saying she had killed her child. I mean, doesn't anyone smell a rat? And more and more things began to come into light after the initial airing of the Channel 4 show. So one of the women that was confessing to... Uh, she, she like murdered her child and shit. So one of the videos, it said that she had killed her baby. So this lady, in fact, had two healthy children and both of whom were very much alive. And she was convinced or she was basically forced to do this weird confession that she like killed and ate her children. Um, forced she, by who? By Channel she, 4? She, no, she was... Um, the police? She was in the care of a Christian healing center. Oh. There you go. That's ding, ding, very, ding. Very, 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 very so, trustworthy. And she said she was tormented for months and then coaxed into a false confessional confession that Channel 4 aired. So, Which her family probably put her in said Christian center. Yeah. So yeah. this lady, yeah. this Especially lady that she, the lady that came on air saying that, you know, I killed my children and I ate them and blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah, it's bullshit. So that is crazy. Yeah. Uh, also, Channel Four was the one to. Uh, they actually commissioned a video for an arts program concerning the power of language of the televised image, but the video again was not made by Genesis. It was commissioned by Channel Four. So like. Yeah. So it was commissioned by Channel Four of stuff that was seized from the house. No, I mean they just made their own fucking video. I. I'm gathering. So it's like uh, ID shit, like investigate discovery. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, but that didn't stop a researcher by the name of Andrew Boyd to not inform viewers and decline to identify the background of that video. So the partial inconclusive research combined with entirely fabricated testimonies ruined people's lives. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah, and uh, so, and I want to get into a little bit. Genesis has this thing about. He talks a lot about TV. I mean, his his last band was yeah. Psychic TV. So, and he's he thinks TV is horrible, but he also thinks it's a good thing if it's used properly. Sure, it's, it, right. I stumble on mass, that too. Mass communication in general summed up, right? Yeah, like it's horrible, a, it's a best a way to do thing that. if done right. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't really sure where to put. This is his way of whatever. I don't know. Flag that. 
This is our now. This is now our way of looking at the world. Television is not passive. Like Hollywood, it does not merely give information. It codes it in a form that instructs. In other words, it says this is the way you must look at the world. Now, this is a tiny accidental part of what the world is. The consequences of this mass instruction are dangerous at this crucial time. It cannot be doubted that television serves to instruct in various ways. The whole affair is despicable and disgusting, yet public opinion is overwhelmingly on their side. The public votes for death and its sleepwalk. Why? Because into its dreamlike state, television inserts a pattern of images, not even words. For in TV, these are overrated that recur and recur. Ships, navy, discipline, weapons, war, war, war. A perfect paradigm of control, so well done that it doesn't even seem externally imposed. It's just the way things are. In our narcosis, television is the perfect hypnotist. It's a good way to say that. Television is perfect hypnotist. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean it's that's amazing, very, and I knew true. and I read that he wanted to do that. Um, that's really neat. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do a wrap up on this. We're gonna take another break, but uh, we're at the end of just kind of the career, I guess, and mm-hmm. what he's doing. So, yep, yeah, crazy. Stand by, guys. Welcome, Beyonders. How did we get to this weird place? Who are these two crazy guys and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat. Two guys who discovered late-night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. So to make matters worse for not only Genesis, but his entire family, there was a man named Mr. Sebastian, and he was a tattoo artist and a body piercer um, by trade. And he was arrested and charged with 14 counts of grievous bodily harm or GBH. Damn. Is is that what the old punk band uh, names? I literally for? have in my notes. Now I finally know where the punk band GBH got <laughs> their name from. <laughs> Grievous bodily harm. Fucking goddamn. Yep. <laughs> that is funny. Um, and he he was actually arrested in 1991, so um, a year before these raids. But it kind of comes into play. Sure. So. Was he like in prison because of that? Or? Yeah, he was okay. in prison because of fucking being a tattoo and body piercer. Right. Uh, Which is. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Well, and then so Scotland Yard had apparently just took names out of his appointment book of people that he had pierced, and that's how they got their charges as well. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. So that's All right. they just looked at his appointment book and be like, "All right, you're charged with this. You're charged with that. You're charged with that." Like no one came. Yeah. No one reported him to the police. Like he pierced my nose, and now he's he's a criminal. No. Oh Fuck. my god. So yeah, uh, GBH. 
is, and it sounds so weird to say GBH, grievous bodily harm is the charge below manslaughter and carries up to a seven-year sentence. So Mr. Sebastian was tried at the Old Bailey, and that's usually only reserved for spies and mass murderers. And he was, uh, his court hearing took place without a public jury. He was oh. found. He was found guilty on thirteen. Due process. Counts. Eh? There you go. Yeah. 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 Found, That's awesome. Found guilty on thirteen out of the fourteen counts, um, but he did receive a two-year suspended sentence, and then he had to pay a sh- fucking giant fine. Um, the judge, he's a total fucking piece of shit. Well, aren't they all? Yeah. I, I mean, know. besides <laughs> RBG. And I anyway. Just Judy. So he made his ruling and said that. It was not illegal to have decorative body piercings, but if at any time these piercings played a part in sexual activities or erotic pleasures, then that was unnatural sex, sadomasochistic, and now illegal. A piercing, since it makes a hole in the flesh injuring the skin, could be constructed as grievous bodily harm. And this was 1990 what? One. No shit. Not 18 fucking 40? Fucking hell. Yes. God. So to own a whip, leather thongs, a blindfold, or mask, handcuffs, or any other items which might be used in sadomasochistic practice was now an illegal act, complete with retrospective sentencing. Do you guys want any of those? Because I have some underneath the bed. Is that no? I mean, as long as Anybody? there's feathers on them. <laughs> Just so the whip doesn't hurt quite so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, this is in 1991. It's fucking, that blows my mind. That blows my fucking proverbial mind. So... Genesis, uh, he is out of town right now. He's in Tibet doing volunteer work with his entire good. family. Right. And he is he's keeping a close eye on what's going on in Britain and especially with this case. Because now like the he was arrested in ninety one, this Mr. Sebastian guy, but in nineteen ninety two, like right around his raid on his house, this ruling came out. Yeah. And Genesis being who he and Lady J is, are, were. Yeah. Um, they have whips. They have chains. Yeah. They they are some freaky fucking people that like to get down in a real way. So like just their own life, their own personal life, what they do behind Puts him their in jeopardy for behind what? their bedroom yeah. is, you know, now he's all of a sudden breaking the law. So he felt really uneasy about coming home because the second You think? Yeah. Well, especially if they've raided his house. Yeah. And for any reason. The thing is, is he wasn't they no one the Scotland Yard hadn't charged him with anything yet. Like he broke no laws. Like they raided his house, they did all that shit, but they couldn't find anything. Yeah, they're oh, but now they can because of this ruling but by now, the judge. But exactly. now with this ruling with the judge that because they want him so bad. They yeah. want him so bad. But, and now with this ruling with the judge, they can get him on sadomasochism and all this other shit. But also, if he hasn't been charged yet, I'm sure it's because they're just like, no, you can totally come home. Yeah. Well, and as soon as he lands home, he knows he's going to be charged with these, you know, he has sex toys and videos of him possessing like chains and being weird. That's what he does. That's, yeah. That's, that's him. But I mean, that's what he's doing behind his closed door to um, consenting adults. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, he ended up going to the United States, he was like, uh, you know what? I am not going to go. Maybe I'll go somewhere else a little more I'm, free. <laughs> I'm not going home. That sounds like, bro, I am not having a good time. Uh, 
And he ended up going and staying with Timothy Leary for a time. That's oh, yeah. fucking Good crazy. And, Another guy out of the box. Yeah. So he was <laughs> he was in he was staying with Timothy Leary um, during the riots as well uh, in Los Angeles. And there's a oh okay yeah there's a little uh, excerpt from him and I just thought it was interesting and I just wanted to kind of talk about it but. On the night of the rioting in Los Angeles, 3,000 fires were lit. Thick columns of smoke rose out of the city. On the television news channels, the police kept beating Rodney King. An exasperated George Bush kept crying, if only you could see through my eyes. Genesis P. Orridge was at Timothy Leary's home watching television. I began to notice that all the images were of people with VCRs and televisions. Almost constantly you would see people stealing VCRs, and I realized that it was because they knew that that is where the power is. A videotape is what triggered the riot, and there in the media, that's where the disinformation is being given. That's where the battle is taking place, reflected Genesis. In Britain in 1993, where ownership of one's own skin becomes a question of seven years imprisonment, where the police seize an arts archive, where freedom of association, gathering, and sexual expression are legislated against, then perhaps we can learn from the P. Orge's story that truth is not something we see on the television screens. We have only to look elsewhere. Re-empower yourselves, repossess your own space. That's all there is to do. And believe me, it causes great mischief in those silent corridors of power. Wow. Shit. No kidding. Yeah. And that kind of, that concludes my research into Topi. But I kind of thought when we were going to tackle this uh, story, I was expecting to find a maniacal, crazy person that had both feet off the ground. Thank you. you like know. some when you so we talked about this a little bit on the first episode of you know the word cult is around this a lot, mm-hmm. and you know and even Josh had you know you had your opinions on what that means. You know what? Yeah, that looks I don't. Like. I don't think if anyone is making a messiah, like uh, not complex. If anyone doesn't have a messiah, if sorry. If the cult, cult, quote unquote, cult founder yeah. doesn't have a messiah complex, isn't demanding to be worshipped, isn't demi- saying they're the fucking making shit, their followers do something, whatever that that isn't you know, demanding that yeah everyone give them all their money and uh, yeah and also he know. didn't want he said he didn't have followers only leaders yeah yeah, yeah. like to me that's very anti cultish. So um, yeah, and I think this I, got thrown in the wrong barrel. I really do, in a in a way. Although I get well, the word occult, and I get you know it's mysterious. It's there. No, it's I'm different. not. It's, no, 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 yeah. no. Cult is different from occult. I know yeah. they're like related etymologically, but like cult as far as a religion goes, and occult as far as things that are obscured goes, mm-hmm. not the same thing. Totally. It is. It's based off the same word. Well, it's based off the same word, but it's like. But, but I get the it. same thing. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I do think this was completely miscategorized. Completely. I mean, I think they're a cult. They're just not a Jim Jones cult. They're not, you know, people's church or, uh, you know, sure. heaven, they're not Heaven's the Gate or something, temple. but they are a cult. Right. They, they're they a group of people that are all focusing on this one thing and they all do a bunch of weird shit to be involved in this. And yeah, it's just not. It's not Waco, Texas, you know? So, like, I guess what we're trying to parse out right here, right now, is is the difference between the popular use of the term cult 
and the actual use of the term cult, which is basically any religion. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I agree. That's, I agree. that's yeah. where I'm at. Is right. like let's use the word cult in a pop in the sense of popular usage, mm-hmm. as opposed to like as any religion or system of belief. Because I don't know. Like I said, they didn't. I don't know. They did a lot of weird shit, but and they did have specific parameters for membership. Mm-hmm. So okay, fine, cult. Sure, yeah. but also there was no messiah figure. There was no demanding for submission. There was no demanding for belief that, or no demanding for submission that wasn't consensual. At least, yeah. I don't know. It's, and there was no demanding of money. There, yeah. They didn't have to pay a membership. Um, they didn't make you kill yourself or kill others. Yeah, I right. feel like some you feel, I feel like that's always like the end of a cult story. Yeah. Well, yeah. they all fucking killed each like other. Like in that in that usage of the word cult almost always like you have to give up everything yeah. to the one person who is the Yeah, leader. and he he never told people they can't see their families or anything. Yeah. And I I guess that is um up for some debate. We may do a part 3 on this. I think we should. Um, it may be on our Patreon. We haven't. I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but uh, there I, are there are some people that would uh, there, debate we, me on whether or not he like, yeah. allowed you to go see the right. outside right. people. We've, you know? right. And we've been like looking at this from a very very sorry fairly favorative light also because most of our research well most of our research most of your research <laughs> has been uh, is there from a in your pocket? their own publications so mm-hmm. we're kind of getting yeah. their version of everything yes. i think it would be really good to look at the darker underbelly yeah i think that's what we will do yeah, yeah i think sure. so too so i do want to uh put out there and something I talked about before. Number one, thank you, Katie, right? Because she was yep. one of the ones that recommended this. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've never personally heard about it. You I don't think any of us did. Not, yeah, so you know, I, I heard of a couple of the bands, but I'd never right. heard of like the actual Oh yeah, from your college. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 one cool thing is number one, we always like getting listener feedback on something like this. But number two, when you look at and and I guess I'm going back to synchronicities a little bit. We decided to, John ordered the book. He said, hey, look, I'm going to hop this up. We had other uh, topics and, and subjects that we're going to kind of filter through. And Josh and I took a hit on that and and did our thing. Um, it just so happened that it literally, when the first episode was released early this month, that um, Genesis had passed away three days earlier, four days earlier. Yeah. Like it was within that time frame. To me, that was that was weird. To, to, I don't know, it, to just have that happen and then have us do the research of it. And I caught on Google like a, maybe three days after we did our initial podcast that the Google actually had a, a write-up on him about who he was, what it was very generalization, not like this by any stretch of imagination, sure. but for the first time, you know, I, otherwise I never, I would have blown right past this guy and never even put two and two together. Mm. To me, I just think that's kind of weird, yeah. but you know, it goes with everything else. Genesis believed in, Orage believed in, same person, by the way. Um, I'm blown away. I, and I really wish I would have known about him before, to be honest with you. Well, now you and everyone you know? else knows. Right. I uh, Just anyway, my two cents. And, you know, basically what I got out of all of this research that I've done with it is respect yourself, respect others, 
don't turn into just another person that feels like you have to fall in line with whatever society tells you that right. you should do. You be a sheep. You are allowed yeah. to think for yourself. You are allowed to be your own person. And if you know people don't like it, that's their own fault. As long as you're not hurting anybody else. And for God's sake, your television is not your master. And yeah, nor and, are the talking heads on the television or your talking yeah. heads in your headphones right now. Like, <laughs> no, I yeah, or exactly whatever I am your master, whatever podcast you may be listening to. You just defeated you everything. That yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Scratch that. But no, you're absolutely no, right. I, I mean, you know, I just like take don't be an argumentative asshole that refuses to believe anything anyone tells you. But at the same time, take some shit with a grain of salt and. Wash your fucking hands. Stop touching your face. Hopefully this <laughs> advice is outdated by the time you hear this, but right. it probably won't be. Yeah. No, I think we're in for the long haul. Dude, John, thank you so much for uh, the work. Yeah, and, uh, it was um, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that listened to this episode, too. I appreciate it. We all work really hard on these, so <laughs> I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. We all work really hard on the show in general, but John, you worked extra hard on these last on these couple episodes, and yeah, we definitely. appreciate it quite a bit. Thanks, guys. Oh, he's doing two thumbs up just so everybody can see. That's <laughs> awesome. So, hey, um, again, hope you like what we're doing. Uh, you can go ahead and join our Patreon, patreon.com slash strangeuncles. You can write us, strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can call us at 801-252-69. Wash your hands. <laughs> 45. Um, and then, of course, we're on all social media, too. So Yeah, so uh, Strange Uncles podcast on Facebook and uh, Instagram and Strange Uncles on Twitter. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel that may or may not start getting updated more frequently. Yeah, I mean, now that we're about to quarantine, we'll see. Yeah, that's kind of in steadfast right now, yep. but we'll see. Our plans this year, once the weather warms up, is to get out there, have more videos for you guys, put them out there. Um, Some boots on the ground stuff. Don't know. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, like I yep. said, everything's up there now, I mean, but this will still continue. So as long as we're able, um, we'll provide it to you guys. And hopefully it's a little bit of zen in your everyday weird world. Yeah, nowadays. we might start making longer episodes or putting out more frequent short guys. Who knows? Sexy pictures. I, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm going to start an OnlyFans for my feet. They're hideous. So if you're into weird shit. <laughs> Just put <laughs> your you cat like right next that. to your foot. <laughs> cat foot fetish porn. Fucking unbelievable. Anyway, um, anybody have anything else? No, get me the fuck out of here. John, thank you. Check you later, strangers. Awesome. Close the gates. Sadly, it's the end. Thank you for listening to a fourth-hand production.